What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a solo episode. We're going to be talking all about marketing today and specifically the seven proven tactics that I love for how to book more calls with prospective clients. Now, obviously, if you're a coach or online business owner, this is going to apply to you, but this applies to any person who either has a business or works for a company that either you're trying to help with sales or marketing. And if you're not, it's worth considering, hey, how could I maybe implement some of these strategies or bring them to my C-suite, founder, business owner, marketing team, as a possible way to drive more calls and prospects into your pipeline, into your business, into your company. And the reason why this is so important to me is because like dating, relationships, uh, friendships, business, anything in life, I find that abundance is almost always the fix. And the reason for that is when you have more prospects, whether it's more people to go on dates with, whether it's more potential social circles, friend groups, business opportunities, even companies that are interested in recruiting you for a job, you're able to kind of take that pressure off and rely less on each individual situation and not kind of worry or obsess about each, oh, what do I do here? What do I do there? Because you have a lot of options on the table And typically all those different options give you this feeling of abundance and you don't have to worry so much. Um, I also like that what I'm going to be talking about today, these seven tactics are very focused on how you can add value and have a positive impact. So for me, if I'm trying to get new clients, if I'm trying to do marketing, I'm always thinking about how do I leave the person, the viewer of an ad, the viewer of a piece of content, a person that I'm having a dialogue with, How do I leave every single person interaction with me or something that I put out, uh, leave them better off than they were before? And that's what I call adding value. And I love to do that because whether or not you book a call with us or you take a next step with our business and same thing for you guys, when you're implementing your marketing approach, try to just give value and then you're going to leave this positive impact and legacy regardless of if they're going to work with you or not, because not everyone is. And in fact, the majority of the people that you market to won't work with you. So you want to create that positive brand and positive goodwill. I also like these strategies that I'm going to be sharing today because they will create people coming to you. So some of them are a little bit of an outbound approach. However, for the most part, what we're doing here is we're creating a system and a process where people reach out to you. So whether you're uh, a doctor, a lawyer, a a coach, a business owner, uh, whatever, a restaurant, whatever it is, The goal is not to be sending mailers in the mail, not to be hounding people. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this uh, in like a touristy city, for example, but there is a uh, street in Manhattan called Restaurant Row over by 8th Avenue. I think it's 46th Street between 8th and 9th. And it's one of those environments where you're walking down the street and you see these restaurants and each one 
more or less has a waiter or a host or hostess out front with the menu. And they're kind of like catcalling you into the restaurant and trying to convince you to come eat at their place. And what I'm going to be teaching today, I don't know if that's effective or not. Maybe it is because they keep having people out there on the street. But my goal is to give you seven proven tactics that make you that viral Instagram hotspot that there's the three hour wait for, right? Because I did this with my coaching business where we got to a point where we had a wait list. And we would take names down and we would ask for very, very big commitments, not only financially, but the amount of time that would be required to work with us and created that aura and an authentic wait list. And I want to show you guys how to do that too with your business as well. So, uh, yeah, we want people coming to you. Um, this will also allow you to raise your rates. So one of the things that I found is that as you create this abundance, as you create this wait list, as you have more people coming to you, you can now, not only can you, but you're almost forced to raise your prices. You get to a point where you say, okay, well, if I'm going to be able to, I can't service all these people who are coming to me. So maybe I'll create an online course or I'll create a free podcast, or I'll uh, refer out some people who are just kind of don't have that budget for my signature service, but my signature service, I'm just going to keep pushing my price point higher and higher because I've created an increased demand. It's basic economics where your supply it stays the same, but your demand goes up. So the prices go up. And obviously one of the things you can do is increase your supply by building out a team or hiring more people, which is what we've done. So now we don't have to have a wait list and we don't have to keep raising prices. We can keep things affordable for as many people as possible. Um, like I said earlier, one of the other reasons why this is super valuable is because you don't have to obsess over individual situations not only in kind of the sales process have I, let's say if I only have one call or two calls a day or a handful of calls in a given week with prospective clients and they don't go the way I wanted them to, I start to obsess and worry and think, oh, what could I have done differently? I, it's kind of like you're a player in a basketball, like an NBA player, and you only get one shot a game, two shots a game. And I forget who was saying this. I think it was Steve Kerr, former Chicago Bulls player. He's the head coach of the Golden State Warriors now. But he would, I think it was him in the documentary, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. And if it wasn't him, it was a similar NBA role player. But he was saying, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough mindset to, to play a whole game or to play the amount of minutes you're allocated. And you get maybe three, four shots throughout the game or maybe less. And the so much pressure is on you to hit every shot you take because you might only get one three or two threes. And you know, you could shoot 100% or you could shoot 0% on those. So the good news is for us, we don't have to play that only get one look, only get two looks per night or per week. We can actually turn the dial up on the amount of looks we get by following the strategies I'm about to share. And then you don't have to obsess and worry over these individual situations. Like I said, abundance is almost always the fix. You crank up the abundance. And you can have calls where you make mistakes, you you, know, you don't go for it or you go for it too hard, but you're not sitting there worrying and worrying because you're on to the next call, learning from your mistakes in real time, signing someone up, moving the ball forward, having a win. So this helped me a lot as well personally. I think that uh, for a long time, I was really willing to invest in life coaching or therapy or things that were not directly around business coaching. and. I'm not saying this, obviously I'm biased because I'm a business coach, but I'm not even saying this it has nothing to do with me trying to get more clients. The reality is I resisted business coaching for a long time 
because I was like, oh no, I have all this anxiety and fear and worry and I need a life coach and they'll help me with that. And don't get me wrong, it has for sure helped me. But what I realized was this, the uh, kind of trigger for a lot of the anxiety I had was related to my income, related to my business, related to my career, related to the challenges I was facing day to day with my business. And so when I got business coaches and I invested more in learning marketing and ads and all these things, it really helped me a lot with my anxiety. For example, when I was starting to grow my coaching practice, got to a point where maybe had five, 10 clients paying me between one, $2,000 a month and kind of got to that point where it was, oh, okay, wow, this is actually kind of multiple six figures and I'm not working that many hours and this is pretty cool. But I didn't have a system in place that was able to create book new calls consistently, create new clients consistently. And I also didn't have a good renewal process in place to renew existing business with follow on long-term commitments, which we do now. And so I would, I would kind of wake up with a pit in my stomach and say, you know, look at my email inbox and look out for those Grim Reaper emails. Hey, Brendan, you know, it's been great, but I'm looking to pause right now. Or, hey, I need to kind of put this on hold or put this on the back burner. Or, hey, you know, I just, you know, need to catch up with you about, you know, next steps. And I don't really know if I, you know, I feel complete with our engagement and all this stuff. And it would just crush me because I didn't have a process in place. And I was so reliant on retaining everyone and trying to, it was like trying to squeeze the last drop of juice out of one piece of fruit rather than going and finding more fruit. And so I would, I remember specifically having a week, I think it was in 2020 where maybe we had 11 clients, maybe 10 and, you know, we lost one or two in a week and then we're down to eight, you know, call it 10 to eight. And then the next week, I think three more left. And so we went like our business just cut in half immediately within the span of a week and a half. And I didn't have a process to go get new clients consistently and predictably. And I remember freaking out. And I think that was an unhealthy anxiety. I think it was reasonable to say, Hey, we need it. We need a better process in place. The last thing I'll say, and we're going to get right into the seven tactics right after this last thing is we as a business have been so focused on hiring and specifically hiring for a salesperson, a closer to come in and kind of take that discovery call and get people signed up who need our help, want our help, make sense for them to work with us. And what I didn't realize was I was so focused on my search for the right person that I wasn't focused on becoming the right business that would attract the best person. So for example, because we weren't implementing these seven tactics, well, we weren't getting enough calls on the calendar. Our recruiting process was like, if we met someone amazing, we would say, Oh yeah, like we don't have the calls and the volume and the financial opportunity for you. So we were actually trying to thread this weird needle of finding someone who was somewhat, who was really talented, but didn't need that much money or didn't realize how good they were. And it was just kind of, the whole thing was a mess. And what I realized was we just needed to get more calls on the calendar and we'll attract the best closers in the country or world. And so again, abundance is the fix. Whatever situation you're in right now, and it might be a bad relationship, might be frustrating dating challenges. It might be um, whatever's happening in your career. I promise you, even if you work as an employee of a large organization, if you're able to bring new business into that organization, you will get promoted, you will make more money, and you will probably have to fulfill less work. You can just kind of drum up business, which generally tends to be more fun, more relationship-driven, and easier in the end. So here, without further ado, that's the lead-in of why this has been so valuable for me, for our business, for the people that we help out. 
and we're going to get into it right now. Seven proven tactics to book more calls with prospective clients for whatever your business is. So uh, a couple quick things. One, 80% of your clients should come from 20% of your best lead gen sources. So I'm going to lay out these seven here, but you don't need to go do all seven. And in fact, if you do, you're going to spread yourself too thin and it's going to hurt you in the end. Pick one or two. Think about, you know, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, SEO, Pinterest. We're going to get into this in a minute here, but focus your energy on one to two best strategies. Secondly, as I go through this list, consider what type of marketing you could actually enjoy. The more you enjoy the specific tactic, the better it's going to work for you. And number three, scale what's already working. So as I go through this list, if you're already getting clients or this is something that you uh, have been finding success with already, double down on it. Maybe with some new approaches and twists that I share today. All right, seven proven tactics. Number one, network and networking. You may not have a great network and that's okay, but great networks can be built. And it's kind of like this uh, limiting belief where you look at someone in the NBA and say, oh my God, they're just pure talent. And the reality is, why did Michael Jordan win more championships and is considered the greatest of all time and not LeBron when athletically and talent-wise, a lot of people think LeBron has more talent. And the reality is, it's putting in the work. And so for me, I used to just tell people, oh yeah, I built my coaching business off my network. It's not true. I actually had a lot of shame and fear about being a coach in my coaching business. So I really kind of, first of all, didn't have a great network. And secondly, didn't leverage it out of fear. I thought, oh man, my law school friends, my business school friends, they're not going to get this or think this is cool. So I didn't really have a network and whatever I did have, I didn't leverage it well. What I did do was I did more networking and by attending events, group meetups and saying yes to as many things as possible, I started to meet more people. Some of the advantages of this process are you're going to meet a lot of cool people along the way. You can have fun doing this. You don't have to spend any money on advertising. And to me, it's the fastest and most powerful way to create new clients quickly. Because for example, it's Saturday today when I'm recording this, I could call a bunch of friends, see what's going on tonight, go out, meet a bunch of new people with the intention of finding one person who could be interested in or potentially benefit from having a conversation with me about coaching. I, I go, I meet a bunch of people. I find that one, set them up on the calendar. Let's say we meet on a Zoom on Monday or Tuesday. I could either walk them through it right there or maybe do a follow-up call at the end of the week. I could have a client within one week of tonight. I've seen it happen within a day. I actually, I had a guy at one time come over. He was helping me move. He was a friend of a friend when I used to live in Newport Beach before I came down to San Diego. And he was looking around at my house and my surfboard. And he saw the book, The 4-Hour Work Week, up on my bookshelf. And he could tell I was kind of living this different lifestyle than probably a lot of his friends and his parents. And he started asking me questions. I signed him up for coaching that night in my house. And I really don't like to mix fun and business, but it, the guy just wanted it so badly. And I had that open mind. And I'm always looking, Zig Ziglar, the famous sales coach and trainer from years ago, said, everyone is not a prospect, but everyone's a suspect. So I started thinking, okay, everyone's a suspect. They could potentially need it, want it. Let me just be open-minded. And through that process of looking out for that and keeping my eyes open that everyone's a suspect, I realized this guy was a prospect and I signed him up right there. We went down for a walk down to the beach. I asked him about his background and what he was looking to accomplish in his life. And it just made a ton of sense. And we got him signed up right there. So... I grew my coaching business from zero to 20K a month through networking in person in New York. I'd go to say two events a week. 
I would go with a friend who had a, a more of a personality and more energy than I did. It's kind of forced me to talk to new people, kind of like a wingman for uh, business networking, if you will. And it worked out well. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of times where it was uncomfortable and I didn't really feel like going out, but I pushed through it and overcame some of that anxiety and had met some great people and just kind of felt who I clicked with and would just walk them through and get them signed up. So that's the first tactic. The second tactic is referrals. And I say this because so many people and business owners just honestly are horrible at getting referrals. What they do is they never ask, which is going to be at least half of your referrals. In my opinion, it's typically around a 50, 50 split. And when they do ask their clients for referrals, they do it the worst possible way. They have some cheesy flyer hanging on their wall, their office saying, Hey, you know, we like referrals or they put it in their email signature on their email. So every time you ever get an email from this person, it says something about asking for a referral. And while maybe over time, someone sees that a hundred times and, and it lands, the best way to get referrals is first of all, by asking. And second of all, having a great referral ask script and process. And so there are a number of different ways to go about it, but you have to remember that if someone is going to help you make a referral, you have to walk them through the process and make it really easy for them. Because what typically happens is the coach or the lawyer or the business owner will say to their client or former client, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed working with you. You know, if you had, if you ever meet anyone who could benefit from what I do, let me know. If not, no worries. It's never going to work. The way to do it is to have a dedicated conversation either as during or after one of your interactions with them and say, Hey, do you have a couple of minutes wanted to talk to you about something? So just so you know, I really enjoy working with you. And, uh, you know, I, I hope you've seen the value in our work together. If not, we can definitely talk about that, but I'm assuming you have. And what I want to say is I've built my business mainly through word of mouth and referrals and introductions. I don't have big billboards on the highways and I don't, I don't do that to grow my business. And, so I'm just curious, kind of based on everything we've done together, who is one person you know that would benefit from having a conversation with me? And you pause the same way you would pause when you're trying to make a sale and you let them think about it and you'll get, oh, like, you know, let me think about that or I don't know anyone who needs help. And, you know, you get all these things. And, and what you want to do is just don't give up too soon. Just kind of dig in a little bit. Say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, like, you just dig basically, whatever that looks like for some people, they're going to say, well, you know, I don't know. And you say, well, you know, are you not fully clear on kind of exactly what we do? Are you not fully clear in your network? And if you pry a little bit, not too crazy, they'll typically come up with at least one name. Often if you dig, you're going to get more like five names. That's kind of what we find happens. And then what you do is you just go one at a time and you say, Hey, why don't we start with X? You know, here, like, here's how I would have the conversation with them and just make a three-way text intro and just keep it pretty chill like that. We found that being proactive and asking and kind of almost guiding and coaching a little bit the client through the process of how to make a referral has been a game changer for us. And we just signed up, um, you know, out of the three clients who signed up over the past, whatever, three days it was, one of them was a referral. So we still uh, continue to get referrals. That was a client that we actually asked to make a referral for us. And then like a week or two later, he reached out, he said, Hey, I have this guy, you know, he'd love to talk to you guys. Could we set that up? Boom, done. So that's number two referrals. 
Tactic number three is creating content. So I'm sure you guys have seen this content marketing online, social media, um, creating high value content that solves your ideal client's problems is not only going to build your brand, but it's going to attract people to you. So you consistently put that content out and then people are going to start commenting, reaching out, looking you up, sending you direct messages, asking for ways in which they can connect with you, have a conversation with you or learn more about what you do. So it really establishes you as an authority and creates a really strong frame coming into any potential discovery call that you'll have. But like I said, it can be time consuming. So here are a few ways to make your life easier with content creation. The first thing I would do is batch your content creation and you can knock it all out on say a Sunday afternoon and that'll be your content for the entire week. Another example is let's say you have a podcast like me you can knock out say five episodes or call it six episodes, kind of plow through it on one Friday, six episodes. Just, let's say you post two episodes a month. You do bi-weekly, kind of like, it's like mostly what we're doing with our show. And you do that in one day and now you have content podcast for three months. So a lot of people get hung up and the problem they make is they like, oh, I don't know what to post today. And it's, you know, 9.15, they're supposed to get it posted out at 8 a.m they're pouring their coffee, they're late for work, and they're trying to figure out a social media post while they're driving. Just That's not the way to do it. Knock it all out. When I was doing Instagram content posts, for example, I had a content calendar on my computer and I would fill it in. Whenever I would have these ideas, I would just go and I'd pop these posts right into them. And when I was traveling or on airplane or on holidays or on Sundays, I would knock out a ton of posts. So let's say you post on Instagram every other day. So that's approximately three posts a week, you can knock out 30 posts in, you know, one to two hours of deep work. And that's content for two months. So batching your content creation, automating your posting through a scheduler like later or Hootsuite works really well. And the last thing I would say is with content, make it fun or don't do it at all. When I'm creating content, I like to, you know, I just uh, was researching this morning follow me drones that follow you while you're running or biking, whatever. My goal is to buy this drone, go surfing, have it follow and track me automatically while I'm surfing and turn that into some kind of content. Maybe I'm surfing, it's kind of hovering above me. And then I do a voiceover sharing some things that I can't, whatever content I want. I love that type of stuff. What I don't love to do is write books, write SEO articles, nothing wrong with those things. Just for me personally, that's not my favorite form of content creation. So you got to think about what's going to be the most fun for you. All right. Number four is LinkedIn. We have created a ton of clients using our LinkedIn outreach process. One of our clients who actually came, so we had a client named Robert, awesome client, worked with him and his wife actually had his son working for our team, which was super cool. And then the father, Robert, who was our client, made a referral introduction. And Robert, we connected with from LinkedIn. And, but then Robert made an introduction to another client that we signed up, recently renewed, who's also a great friend now. And he calls our LinkedIn process the Burns method, which I think is really funny. Um, but so many opportunities have come out for us on LinkedIn. If I pull it up right now, even though we're spending we're pacing for multiple five figures per month in ad spend, but we still have more clients from LinkedIn. Uh, 48% of our active clients right now are still from LinkedIn outreach. 
more than any other category, including ads. Although ads is going to probably outpace that in the next month or few months. But our process for LinkedIn is super cool. You start by optimizing your LinkedIn profile. If you don't know what that looks like, just put in Brendan Burns LinkedIn on Google. You can go look through mine. Then we dial in your exact prospect targeting. The amazing thing about LinkedIn is you can literally target down to the blade of hair on someone's head, what they do, who they are, what problems they're facing. And you can do that through Sales Navigator. You can target people based on job title, years of experience, zip code, uh, posts that they're commenting on. There's so much that you can do to target exactly who you want to. And then ultimately creating message copy to reach out to these people, get them on the calendar, and then transition it from kind of like a catch-up networking LinkedIn cold call into actually a sales conversation, which we've gotten really good at. So uh, LinkedIn works really well for if you're trying to target a specific type of person based on kind of what they do. So for example, we help a lot of coaches and consultants and online business owners. So it's perfect for us because we can just target those people who are in the geography that makes the most sense for us based on data we've studied. We know what zip codes and states specifically in the US our ideal clients are in. We know how many years of being a coach is kind of sweet spot for us where they're probably either wanting to grow or they're struggling and they want to fix problems in their business. We know um, kind of the job titles to search for, secondary connections, posts that they would follow, groups that they would be in. So if you're uh, targeting people based on the type of work that they do, LinkedIn's perfect. Where it can be a little bit tougher is let's say you're uh, looking for people who are, you know, either like have medical challenges or maybe going through relationship problems or want to lose weight or divorce or something like more niche and specific that their LinkedIn profile wouldn't reveal, then it might not make the most sense. You could probably target those people better through Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. But I always say LinkedIn's worth a shot because it's just so valuable. It's been so good for us. The um, engagement. It's it's so much cleaner of a platform than Facebook, for example. There's so much less, I find, kind of like news and politics and stuff kind of dragging it down and less saturated content creation. Most people use the platform to digest content rather than post content. So you kind of have a little bit of an advantage there, to say the least. But LinkedIn has been really good for us. And we're just continuing to scale. We're actually looking into LinkedIn advertising as well to see how that might perform for us. But if you want to kind of get a flavor for what we do, you can definitely check out my profile. You can see how we've optimized it and how we use it as a tool to create new conversations. But the main thing I'll just say quickly on LinkedIn and we'll move on is there's a lot of people on, there are a lot of people on LinkedIn who are very aggressive and pushy and salesy. And they'll just send these kind of cold messages. They'll say, hey, are you a business owner looking to, you know, do X, Y, and Z? Like, you know, you work with us for free or you don't pay or blah, blah, blah. You know, book a call here. Way too salesy. Our approach, which is genuine, it's not just a strategy, is we want to connect with more people. I got to where I was working on Wall Street because I built real relationships with real people. I got to know them. I enjoyed spending time with them. I would get them gifts. They would get me gifts. Like, it was all based on the humanity and the connection and the relationship. And so we do the same thing when we're on LinkedIn. We're not, we don't offer any sale or service to someone on LinkedIn per se. We have to connect with them, get on a call with them, see if they're open to help, see if they have a need for help. And only at that point would we make any type of offer whatsoever. So I think that's one of the things that differentiates us. Anyway, number five is a Facebook group. 
Growing and nurturing a private Facebook group works best for life, dating, relationship, and fitness coaches. It's also worth doing if you've already gotten clients on Facebook and or have experience running Facebook ads. I personally don't use Facebook groups to obtain clients. It is a somewhat waning strategy, but it is proven and does still work. And you can um, either grow a Facebook group organically, you can run ads where the call to action is to join your Facebook group, and you can have an appointment setter, direct messaging everyone, getting people booked on the calls. It definitely still works. Um, it's just something that, like to my point earlier, you don't have to get all these things right. And if you do, you're kind of doing all seven of these things, like two out of 10 and nothing's really gonna fire. So we know that LinkedIn just works great for us. But if you either have Facebook group or you feel like your ideal client or customer is more hanging out in Facebook groups or on Facebook in general, definitely go check that out and, uh, and, and kind of follow through on that strategy. Number six is YouTube channel. And what I love about organic YouTube is the long-term benefits. So I still receive views and clicks every month on autopilot from videos I've made years ago because YouTube is a search engine for videos. So I would much rather create a library of YouTube content that regularly and consistently drives traffic every week and every month versus post on Instagram, post on TikTok, kind of hamster wheel with less long-term benefits. So I think if you're only going to do one organic strategy for content creation, I would go with YouTube but it does require more setup, video editing, being in front of the camera, et cetera. So kind of up to you, obviously, but it's something we're going to be pushing more into, into uh, the rest of this year. And the last one I'll say, tactic number seven, is uh, running ads, specifically Facebook and Instagram ads. We actually spend more right now on Google uh, pay-per-click search ads. I love how high intent they are, but they can be a little bit more expensive and take longer to dial in. I also don't typically recommend anyone spend money on ads if you're making less than 20K a month or over 200K-ish per year. Um, I see a big mistake coaches make is either digital marketing, online stuff isn't really their sweet spot and they would be doing so much better either in person or with another avenue, or they're spending money on ads from day one when you haven't, val if, like you're, if it's a new business or a new offer, and you haven't really validated what you're selling yet. You don't have as much experience closing people yet. You haven't renewed some clients into kind of a longer term package with you. Um, I would I would dial that in first. Um, but assuming you have a validated offer, you have some sales experience, you've been doing this for enough time where you feel confident in your process organically that you want to now kind of amp it up and boost it with ads, absolutely go for it. What ads are going to do is if you have a good foundation and good business, ads will just magnify and make it better. But if you have holes in your business or problems with fulfillment or customer service or whatever, if you just pour gasoline on the fire by running a bunch of ads, it's just gonna make those holes bigger. So I'm just gonna warn you about that. Anyway, a good rule of thumb is starting with an ad budget of around 10% of cash collected in your business on ads. Um, and then once you're kind of above that sort of 10 to 20K a month in cash, you can bump that up to 15 to 25% of cash if you want to really reinvest in the business and scale faster. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I would approach it. But anyway, I tried to keep this as brief as possible. Obviously, didn't fully share all the details of all our approaches, um, especially around details around what we do on LinkedIn, Google search ads, Facebook and Instagram ads, funnels, etc. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, uh, I think there's gonna be a link coming up here in the outro. But anyway, that's kind of what has been working best for us. And I just wanna reiterate the importance of abundance in every area of your life. So 
whether it's driving more leads into your online business, whether it's, you know, friendships, social situations, dating situations, friends, etc. Abundance is almost always the fix. You rely less on each individual situation. You feel that abundance. You have more people coming to you. You can, you see your worth more, you see your value more, and you don't worry, have that anxiety around individual situations. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If you're interested in building or scaling an online coaching business just like me, visit brendanhburns.com book and get a free one-on-one personalized coaching session to learn how to set it up. Again, for a free one-on-one personalized coaching session so you can have a thriving online coaching business that you can run from anywhere in the world, just like me, visit brendanhburns.com book to set it up. Thanks again for tuning into the show and have a great day.